wonderful worship <clears throat> and uh, good to have all of you who are texting me back and forth. I'm on the side talking to some of you and glad to interact with you. I miss you and look forward soon, I think, <clears throat> to be able to see all of you again. But I have a wonderful passage of scripture today from Deuteronomy chapter 1 that we read earlier where Moses says, don't be in dread, don't be afraid of them. The Lord your God goes before you to fight for you as he did in Egypt and in the wilderness. And you've seen how the Lord has carried you as a man carries his son all the way. Let me give you a little bit of background here. <clears throat> Moses is at the end of his life. He's about 120 years old. And the word, the book Deuteronomy, the word Deuteronomy means um, Deutero is second and nomos is law. So it's a second giving of the law. It's the second law. He's rehearsing the book of Exodus and the giving of the law. And he's repeating the law and he's doing it to the generation that's about to go into Canaan land. It's the younger generation being encouraged by the older Moses. You can almost see Moses. He's, he's standing there. He's talking to the this younger crowd, the parents and grandparents, many of them have died. And, and you can, if you could picture, uh, I picture Charlton Heston, but uh, you know, the long white beard, the grandiose appearance, dignity, piercing eyes. The Bible says his eyes were as sharp as when he began. And he's giving them some counsel for the future. <clears throat> he's telling them some things to remember. Um, what Moses said years ago, he's now repeating. And <clears throat> I want to just give you this illustration. Uh, a preacher was being interviewed on one of the news shows. And the anchor asked this preacher, he said, if God loves us and he has all power, why is he letting this happen? Why is he letting the virus come? Why is he letting people lose their jobs? Why is he letting a depression take the land? And I love what this guy said. He said this, he said, God will do some things or permit some things that he hates so he can accomplish some things that he loves. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, for example, you hear Moses talking about how God led the people. All the way through the wilderness. He said he led the, these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you. 
to test you. And Deuteronomy 8.3 says, He let you hunger and then He fed you with manna. He let you hunger and fed you. And if you read that chapter, in the whole chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 8, is a great chapter. But what you'll find in that chapter is the reason he let them, as he puts it in verse 3, he let them hunger to feed them with manna. Because what is manna? manna? Manna is that intervention from God. It's coming down from heaven. It's bread from heaven rather than out of the earth. And he said, so that you would learn that man doesn't live by bread only, but by what comes from the mouth of God. That is, what he speaks into existence, what he decrees will happen. That's how man lives. It's not just by bread. A lot of people eat bread and die. The idea in, in Deuteronomy 8 then is why did he take us through the wilderness? Why did he let us hunger? And he says he wanted to teach you some lessons. And why does he want to do that? And he goes on in Deuteronomy 8 and tells you because the Lord is bringing you to a good land of brooks, of water, fountains, springs, valleys, wheat, barley, vines, fig trees. He names it all here. Pomegranates, olive trees, honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity and you will lack nothing. Think of that. In other words, you've got a future. But he says, take care lest you forget the Lord your God, Deuteronomy 8, 11. And when you have eaten and you are full and built good houses and live in them, and everything is multiplied, silver and gold and herds and flocks have multiplied, then your heart might be lifted up and you forget the Lord. So why does he take them through the wilderness? See, what is worse than poverty? Pride. So God takes them through poverty to keep them from pride so that when they get to their future that God has promised, they can maintain it. They can preserve it. A lot of people can't handle prosperity. So God takes them and teaches them through poverty. So the, what the preacher said was, God will do some things he hates to accomplish the things that he loves. What does he love? He loves a humble believer whose needs are met. God hates the Believer, God hates to see the believer struggling and worrying and anxious and burdened. So he ministers, he teaches, he blesses, he answers prayer. And as the years go by, the believer learns some things. He learns to walk with God. He learns to pray the prayers. He learns to seek the Lord. He learns to repent of his sins. He learns to humble himself. 
And then when riches come, he's learned he cannot live without God. So Moses is reminding people here on what their future is going to be like. He's encouraging them. Now let me just give you three things Moses wants them to remember. As this new generation enters the promised land in Deuteronomy, a whole new congregation has now sprung up. They're going to face problems that are similar to the past. And so here they are. And Moses says, now I want you to remember some things. Let's start. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to start reading in verse 27. He says, you murmured in your tents and said, well, the Lord hated us. (laughs) And so he brought us from the land of Egypt just to give us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Have you ever thought about That's what unbelief sounds like. God hates us. He's going to destroy us. And verse 28 says, where, where are we going? Our brothers have made our hearts melt, saying the people are greater and taller than we are. And the cities are great and fortified all the way up to heaven. Here's the first thing Moses says to him. Remember your words will affect your brothers. He says, our brothers, this is what they were saying, our brothers have made our hearts melt. You, and I understand there's, there's a difference in communicating facts of the case and exaggerating the negatives. Look at how they put it. This is the conversations they were having. We can go into the land of Canaan. Why? Because the people are greater and taller than we are. Now somebody said the reason David could defeat Goliath is because David never compared himself to Goliath. He compared Goliath to God and there was no match. But see, they're saying they are greater than we are. Well, it doesn't matter how, whether the problems are bigger than we are. You're, here's a hint. In life, you're going to face a lot of things bigger than you are. So you better get used to that. But here's what they were saying. And the walls of the cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Now, that's an exaggeration. Not even Donald Trump could build a wall that goes all the way up to heaven. So, I mean, I've never seen a wall that high. So they were saying things that were an exaggeration. So here's what Moses is saying. Be careful with your language. Be careful about predicting a future of defeat. It will affect your brothers and melt their hearts. So that's one thing. 
Now here's the second thing he says. In verse 29, just go to the next verse. Then I said to you, do not be in dread or afraid of them. The Lord who goes before you will fight for you just as he did in Egypt and in the wilderness. Here, So I'm gleaning from this. One, remember your words affect your brothers. Two, remember past deliverances. As you face the future, remember past deliverances. Because Moses said, the Lord will fight for you just as he did in Egypt and in the wilderness. And here's, a, here's some homework for you. Go back in time and think about two or three examples where God just rescued you or rescued your children or rescued your marriage or rescued your finances. Just go back and think about it. Moses says, go back. God said he will fight for you as he did in Egypt. Well, how did he fight in Egypt? He well, you remember he sent the plagues on Egypt so that they, uh, Pharaoh let the people go. He opened up the Red Sea so that they walked across on dry land. And then when the Egyptians tried to follow, the sea came back and drowned all their enemies. And they were delivered. And he says, remember what he did in the wilderness also. Not just in Egypt, but in the wilderness. What did he do there? He brought the bread down from heaven. Bread usually comes from grain out of the earth, but this was a total new thing. He opened the rock, he opened the rock, and, and water came out like a river that quenched the thirst of millions of people. And in Numbers 14, he brought, they wanted meat, and he brought quail, he caused quail to fly in from the sea of, the, from the Mediterranean. They flew into the desert, and it says, that it was waist high so all they had to do was reach out and get it they had meat that lasted every one of them for a month he said God will fight for you see the word of God and the preaching of the word of God and the preaching of faith is an essential service for people to get through crises can I get an amen out there in, uh, in TV land? <laughs> Here's the third thing Moses said to do. He said, first of all, remember that your conversations affect people. Second, he said, remember past deliverances. And then third, and finally, remember God is a good, good father. Look at verse 31. And in the wilderness where you've seen how the Lord your God carried you. Amen. He carried you. As a man carries his son. Now there's a difference between the way a man carries someone who's hurt and the way a man carries his son. There's a tenderness there's a love and a compassion there. There's an urgency. He carried you 
as a man would carry his own son. And look what else it says. And he carried you all the way. All the way. They're at the end of the 40 years of wilderness wandering. And Moses says, don't forget. I mean, with all the problems and the unworthiness and the behavior and the complaining that he, God put up with, but he carried them all the way. Now, you'll find that to be true. If you want an interesting, we, we don't, don't have it on the screen, but if you want an interesting little um, uh, storyline, Isaiah 43, or 46, Isaiah 46, has the picture of Babylon coming to capture the uh, cities and as they come in they the people are fleeing the city with their idols and you can read this in Isaiah 46 and they've got their idols their gods resting on top of their donkeys and mules and horses and they are carrying their gods. And God says, do you see all these people? As they're fleeing the city and they're having to carry their God. He said, I am the Lord that you don't have to carry. Isaiah 46, he said, I carried you before birth. Whoa. I carried you before you even knew you was being carried. And he said, I am he who will carry you even to old age. He's a God who carries us. You don't have to save him. He will save you. And Moses reminds the people of who the Savior is. It's not you. And really, in the long run, it's not the government. It's not even Donald Trump. Amen to the Christian church. It is the God of the Bible as revealed in His Son, Jesus Christ. He carries us. He has carried us. And here's a prophecy for you. He is carrying you and He will carry you even into old age. Oh, He says, He carried you as a man carries his son. He's a good good father Kevin you come and lead us help us in that little chorus he's a good good father